Hello and welcome to Reviews from the Crawl Space, episode 96. Woo! Because we're for 69. I mean, it doesn't, on 96 wouldn't be as sexy, but it would just, you'd just be butt to butt. Um, or butt to, butt to back ahead. Anyways, uh, welcome to the show uh, where we review three albums for an, from an inherited collection. Um, at random. Like, we don't curate it at all out of the collection. Did I say it was inherited? Because it is. So we just pick them. <laughs> so we just pick them out, and whatever good or bad. The next three are. That's that's the, what we do. That's the episode. Rain or shine. That's what we're doing. What do we like? uh, I'm Douglas, and that's Vicky. Hi. And um, a couple of surprises in this episode. Yeah, a, a little for bit. me, anyways. A, a little bit for sure. I think there was something else we were going to talk about at the beginning of the show, but I can't remember what it was, so it can't be that important. Oh well. Uh, Instagram reviews from the crawl space as one word. Um, what we're working on currently, all like all the covers for the albums that we're working on currently, plus links to all of our back episodes, all the way back. And to the beginning, which I noticed today was over four years ago. Okay, it's four years now. Yeah, we've been doing this in some form. We started out doing it as a video, video casts on, on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, and kind of shifted a little bit the way we've done the format. It's always been three. Yep. But uh, yeah, and then well, really when we shifted, pardon me, I had to burp. Uh, when we shifted to doing this as a podcast, that we've on, we've pumped out way more. It's been way oh, yeah. easier to do. Yeah, the other the YouTube way was very slow. It was slow because then yeah, a lot of post production, yeah, editing, and then special effects. If you know, then I, I had to decide what to wear. Yeah, there was there was like yeah, you had to be on camera, and it was just like my oh. hair had to be did. Yeah, exactly, and this doesn't, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. I'm standing here, I'm sitting here in my underwear. The only thing I like to do, I think, was probably get some proper microphones. That's about it. Yeah. Uh, on Twitter On Twitter, at RFTCS1, yeah, same basic thing as Instagram, except uh, more music news and, and stuff going, more current stuff going on, not so much directly related to this. Yeah. Just music in general. Yeah, just music in general. Yeah. We're also... You wouldn't be able to tell from this collection because it wasn't our collection to begin with, but we are, tend to be more metalheads, so the stuff that we post in there tends to be more metal. Um, <laughs> so what do you got for us? What are, what are the three today? Okay, so the three albums on the episode today are Garfield, an album called Strange Streets, mm -hmm. Dutch Mason Blues Band, an album called Wish Me Luck, and the third album, Gary Newman and his album Warriors. Alright, so three, and three albums that are or three vinyl that are actually in pretty good condition. Good, because some of them are worth a little bit of money. Oh, okay. I mean, in a, and by a little in bit, I don't mean... In terms of vinyl, anyway, like... Yeah, <laughs> in terms of what we've... Yeah, God. Mm -hmm. So you might as well start with Garfield. The okay. Garfield Band or Garfield, what do you want to call them? Garfield Strange Streets. Garfield was a Canadian progressive rock band based in Toronto in the late 70s. The band received a Juno for Most Promising Group in 1977. Oh my god, how many of these fuck... I mean, and not this guy, but how many of these fucking Canadian bands have been like, Juno's Upcomer of the Year, and then it just immediately imploded as yeah, a band. never went anywhere. Lots. Um, and for those of you who don't know by now, a Juno is an equivalent to a Grammy mm -hmm. in the U.S. Uh, it's the Canadian Grammy, Canadian Grammy, Grammy eh? Uh, they were a bunch of university buddies, and they played college dorms and university pubs in southern Ontario. They once opened for 10CC at the National Arts Centre in Ottawa in 1975, 
which led to a record deal. Uh, Strange Streets was their first album in 1976. Critics weren't sure what to make of the songs, and programming directors deemed them on the whole to be too quirky for mainstream audiences. Their single old-time movies cracked the top 40. Uh, there was only minimal, even though it cracked the top 40, there was only minimal airplay. Um, they've opened for the Doobie Brothers on their Canadian tour. Yeah. They did a couple more albums, but could not make a dent in the charts. By this point, they'd played with Muddy Waters, Rick Derringer, Edgar Winter, Max Webster, the Beach Boys, and in 1982, they opened up for Rush in Montreal. Hmm. That was their last show. Uh, the band dissolved and everyone went on their on to other projects or left the industry altogether. Garfield yeah, French. Sorry, yeah, I just want to say that was that was a this one was somewhat successful. It was the second album that was a huge flop. Yeah. And that was it. That was when they went their separate words. It was like right away. It was like one good album, one flop, done. <laughs> um, Garfield French, who now who is the lead singer for this band yep. and who also produces uh, he now writes and produces his own music from his studio in Ontario, and he's released, al released albums as recently as 2017. Hmm. Yeah, I saw that he had put out an album, a new album, full mm -hmm. stuff in uh, 2017. So, yeah, well, the there producer you go. was Elliot Mazur, an American producer and engineer with 232 production credits. To his name, Gordon Lightfoot, Ian and Sylvia. Linda Ronstadt, Neil Young, Janis Joplin, David Soule, and Juice Newton. <laughs> the track listing on this album, uh, Side A, Strange Streets, Give My Love to Anne, Someday If You're Lucky, Above Market Street, Old Time Movies. Side 2, Nanny Song, Ride the Waves, Catch You Next Time Around, and Eyes. The runtime on this album, 34 minutes and 16 seconds. Uh, it produced three singles, yeah, Give My Love on. to Anne, Old Time Movies, and Ride the Waves. Hmm. Yeah, it's um, kind, of, kind of funny, like I, like I said, just how some of these Canadian bands have just followed the exact same path in terms of the way they, the rise and fall of, and the fact that some soulless zombie piece of shit music director is like, oh, these guys are too quirky. Oh, God. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because when we first put the album on, you thought that the lead singer was a girl. Yeah, I did. I, that's no, I, we, I definitely want to talk about this dude's voice because it is distinct. It's, it's very distinct and very unique, <laughs> and I absolutely loved every inch of this album. Yeah, no, I yeah, I have to agree with you. Uh, it was a surprise, and I had seen this cover, the title. I was kind of, I kind of knew that Garfield was a little bit of pro, like prog rocky. I'd never heard of, like never heard it before, so I kind of had an idea of going in, but actually listening to it, yeah, his voice is is like you said at first we're like, whoa, who is this chick? And then it's, it's not, it's a dude. And the more you hear of his voice, the like the more intriguing it is. It, it's, it's really kind of cool, and I, some of it, some of it is quirky. I don't know about it was too quirky for radio in the seventies, but yeah, yeah, exactly. It it is a little bit, but it's like a kind of a bunch of a combination of a bunch of different. Not necessarily a bunch of different things, but it, yeah, it's it's interesting because <laughs> it definitely has its roots in prog rock. There's no question about that. But there's a bunch of other stuff kind of there as well. So it's funny. A um, bit of the, the classic rock influences definitely of that time. You can hear yeah, hear some of those other bands they yeah, toured with. Definitely. And, um, in my search for in 
for research information, I guess. Mm -hmm. I did find a blog uh, written by Nancy Thorne. Mm -hmm. Her website is nancythorne.com. And uh, it talked about why he left music, why he came back. Um, he's apparently, he grew up in Newfoundland. Yeah, the Newfie. And, um, Lord, Lord Tender and Jesus by. Lord Tender and Jesus, yep. Yeah. Uh, and he, it was just a really interesting article because it talked about, you know, the first time that he heard one of their songs on the radio. And, huh, yeah, no doubt. And, um, you know, just all of the experiences that he's had. So think of what Newfies all did. Sorry to interrupt your, your role there. So they all did this as soon as they're a certain age. It's like Southern Ontario. Yeah. Like, just go to Southern Ontario. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just get out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. So, yeah, that's what I said. Like this, this album fits perfectly into this collection. It does, actually. Like you said, and the more you talked about it, it's like you were right. You had mentioned that. And it's like, oh, shit. Newfie, Southern Ontario. Prog rock. Prog rock. Yeah. <laughs> it all fits. Playing, I'm sure, you know, my dad probably picked it up at maybe probably one of the shows that he saw, probably with the Doobie Brothers or Rush Yeah, or yeah, something. well, and he, they, they, they played a lot of pubs and university yeah, oh, pubs Oh, there you go, stuff. yeah, yeah. Then there you go, that would definitely be probably the right time yeah. for it, too. So, yeah, it was, um, I'd never heard of Garfield before, but now I am, like, fully ensconced in all of his, I want to hear all of his music, I want to find out as much about this guy as I can. Well, it's kind of funny, too, because you said you wanted to listen to it. I remember, the I think it was the first time through, you're like, immediately, you're like, I want to listen to this with headphones. Yep. Just like right away. Yeah. And we listened to it again on Spotify, which, I mean, before we're doing the research for this for this episode. And, I, yeah, the, it's funny, the Spotify version I didn't think sounded as good as the vinyl version. And this happened a couple of times, but it sounded more, I mean, not just compressed, but it sounded, it sounded a little harsher, where I thought the vinyl sounded, like, it sounded pretty outstanding. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting that you talked about putting in headphones. And this is definitely headphones music. Yeah, and now that Lots I know that he's, and... he's done stuff as recently as 2017, I'm, like, really interested to see. His songwriting kind of reminded me a little bit of... Um, oh, there's definitely some different elements. Cats in the Cradle guy. Uh, Cat Stevens? Yeah, Cat Stevens. Or I got use of... Uh, um, yeah. Spectre Cat Stevens, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It sounded a little bit like that. Yes, and it, maybe that's why it keeps driving me nuts, because there's definitely in the one song where the vocals, where he... I mean, he goes up a couple of times, because he's got a high voice, but yeah. there's a couple of points where I thought for sure, and we talked about it, I was just like, holy shit, it sounds so familiar, so maybe that's what it is. Yeah. It's kind of got... Now, now that his voice sounds like Cat Stevens, but it's just you're talking about like the structure or the style of... I definitely agree with that, yeah. Yeah. Um... And I have to say, too, uh, you know, like you said, it was a surprisingly very good album. Um, and, and I'll say it got better as we listened to it, too. Because the first time we listened to it, I was like, yeah, you know, like, like you said, we want to listen to it more and experience it more. And the more we've listened to it, the more we've enjoyed it, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah. It's, it's been a while, I think, since I've discovered somebody that I've taken to so quickly. And um, I'm really kind of happy that I found him. Yeah. And uh, Thanks the, to this collection. The sound mix on this is, is excellent again. Um, solid bass. There's some fucking great... I mean, there's all kinds of great musicianship, but there's some great bass playing in here. And it really shows up. It's really... It's really it's not overbearing, but it's got some good punch to it. Um, and the sound field as well. Like, it's nice separation. Um, is there songs specifically... Not just the singles, but is there songs that you specifically know that you like? I liked by it name? all. Oh, you I liked, liked it all? Yeah. Okay. I liked every song. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say I, I, there's quite a few... I would say it's a pretty even album in terms of songs on both good songs on both sides. But one that really stood out for me was a song called "Eyes," which is the last oh, the last, song, last yeah. song on the album, which is almost nine minutes long. Yeah. But to me, that good encompasses 
everything good about not just the album but his vocals because there's lots of stops and starts and he's up there and he's down low and there's piano like it's a perfect prog song um in that, in that regard so yeah i would i'd recommend that one but there was a bunch of good songs on this album for sure well, well you this, can't go wrong just throw it on like some of the things that i've read about this band and and their touring and stuff is that you know there's people who are, who are out there who say that this is one of the best concert experiences they've had i like, could see they that, did quirky you know? little things where one yeah. of the song ends starts out with a bell being rung and you know the the drummer goes up these stairs and rings this bell, and so there's <laughs> that a lot. A, that of, was a start over the beginning of eyes. Yeah, the yeah. showmanship um, in this album. I kind of you kind of get that in their in their con- live concerts. In their, in their was, show, but you kind of kind of get that a little bit from their album, and we were kind of talking about that, especially with once again with eyes and that last last song. We were talking we were like, oh, that'd be a really fucking good show. Yeah, and you were talking about how sometimes they'd close a show out with like this essentially this half hour well and it's funny because jam slash slow solo fest when i went to um when i went to discogs yeah not to discogs sorry spotify oh, okay and looked at the albums the song is there oh is it so he recorded it on his own without the others oh shit so i'm really curious to listen to that. that okay but yeah it's um it's a good album i really liked it yeah uh strange streets i'm trying again Strange Streets, <laughs> Garfield. Got the pasties. Yeah, it's kind of a weird combination. It's the pasties, but I've been kind of drinking water as we're talking, so it's like a lot of moisture in the mouth. <laughs> pasty moisture? Yeah, yeah, it's not pasty moisture. It's just like, yeah, you know me. Just, everything's just sliding around. <laughs> Garfield, uh, Mercury Records, SRM-1-1082, Canada, 1976. Original, and like we said, this is 100% CanCon A. Um, condition, cover is good. Actually, it's almost very good. I put it in the very good. It, it's a little bit worn, just like the condom rings here and here. But once again, man, like it's a solid. It's the corners are delicious. Look at that, delicious corners all the way around. Yeah. You can read the spine. I don't. It's so weird that these have been in the collection probably just as long as all the other ones. And some of these are like fucking new. Well, I think it has to do with the oh. amount of play they've had. Play, and where, where they, they ended yeah. up in the box totally, when they yes. were in the crawl yeah, space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I agree with that, yeah. Uh, some of them had a little more protection than others, <laughs> so, I think. Yes, yeah, no doubt. Some of them were just swamped. Some of them were just swamped. Elements. <laughs> just some of them were just sitting, sitting in water and pee. Uh, okay. Um, so, yeah, sleeve is good. It's original with lyrics. The vinyl is very good. It's like new. All, all these vinyls are very good. The audio, like I said, very good, solid mix. The use of the sound field was fantastic. And like I said, the vinyl sounded better than Spotify, which has come up not as much as you would think, but more than you would think also. Yeah, yeah. You think, uh, I mean, I think that the best mixes are yeah, available you have this, like, it's gonna on be Spotify. The, it's the higher res, it's been re- remastered. And but no, that's not true. No, not at yeah, all. Yeah. Some of it, this kind of music sounds like it sounded really good on the turntable. So, yeah. Um, Art Direction by Jim Schubert. Uh, cover Painting by James Hrebar, Hrebar. A Photo by Barry Neubar, Neubauer. And Design by Joe Kotliba. Kotliba? Shit, I had it in my head. I look at the thing and it's like, no, I'm like, I've got no problem. I'll get that. And then, no, I don't. <laughs> Performance anxiety. Yeah, well, what it is is, I guess, it's what I think about it. I look at it and I think about it instead of just saying it. Yeah. Uh, so, Jim, art director, designer, part of AGI, the mysterious AGI. 
102 credits to his name and oddly and for all of these people associated with this this album doesn't actually show up in the credits on Discog. it's fucking crazy uh he's also worked with chet baker bto Buddy there Rich. wasn't much in the way i could have oh yeah i did find the producer you did yeah but yeah there wasn't a lot a lot of the stuff that i found i had to go through um canadian oh like the canadian bands or yeah, whatever canadianbands.com so uh james uh, couldn't find it. the guy who painted this, which I actually, I want to talk about this real quick. I actually really like this cover. Yeah, it's cool. It's it's almost like, it reminds me so much of the recycling symbol, but it's it's a never-ending loop, almost like a Mobius strip of streets. And it just like flips around yeah, and flips around. Yeah, the yellow line and, down the middle. And it keeps going forever. So yeah, I like it. It's against the blue. And I actually really like the font on the Garfield. Yeah. So check that out on our Instagram. It's a good one. And it's funny because I've been waiting. I, I had seen this one somewhere else along the cover of that, somewhere along the way, and I was like, mm, I can't wait to get to that. So I'm, I'm kind of glad. And here we are. Uh, so Barry, uh, Barry Neubauer, also could not find any information, which I'm not surprised. This happens. This is like a one-off Canadian. It could have been their buddies with no other credits. Like, it's, yeah. <laughs> the Canadian ones are hard to find information on. Uh, Joe, last but not least, an art director, designer, worked at AGI as a creative director. Um, 93 credits. Once again, this album doesn't show up on there. BTO, Trooper, Rush. Oh, weird. Continues on. That Garfield wouldn't because they're a Canadian band too. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And yeah, it's like there's not, there's not a shortage of copies out there. There's a, there's a ton of them. So yeah, anyways, that's it for me. All right. Um, Discogs, 14 for sale from $2.48. Uh, 45 people have it. Five people want it. It gets four to five with one. <laughs> and uh, resale value three dollars and eighty-five cents, three dollars and eighty-five cents, and three dollars and eighty-five cents. So, which surprises me actually that that it's that low. I think it would be considering too what we see in some of the uh, the other two finals for this episode. I'm kind of surprised that isn't more around where those are. Mm -hmm. So, and considering it's actually a decent album, um, you done there? Yep. So, what'd you give it? Four to five. Oh, yeah, I guess that's what you rated it, so yeah. <laughs> uh, I gave it a 3 out of 5, and I said it's a grower. It's a grower, not a shower. And the more you listen to it, the more you want to listen to it. Yeah, and that, that was the thing, is that the minute you put the needle down, I was like, I like this Yeah, album. the first like, song, yeah, it was just I like, like, oh. I like this sound. Yeah, I like, yeah. And <laughs> as the album went on, it was like, yep, that's, yep. <laughs> that's right. I feel that way still. All right. And after listening to it a couple of times, I still feel that way. So there, 4 to 5. 4 to 5, wow. Okay, Garfield down. Okay, next. next album, Dutch Mason Blues Band, Wish Me Luck. Well, this is funny, before you dip into it, this is one, right away, we always have this thing where when I pull them out, we look at them, we're like, right away, we're like, yay, or, oh, fuck. Yeah, this was an oh, this fuck. was an oh, fuck. Yeah, we looked at them like, man, no fucking blues. Yeah. Okay, anyways. But. But, continue. Dutch Mason was a Canadian musician from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Uh, also known as the Prime Minister of the Blues. He was inducted into the Canadian Jazz and Blues Hall of Fame in 2005, uh, the year before he died, and he was also inducted into, into the Cana Order of Canada that same year. Uh, he started performing music in the mid-50s, uh, usually playing rock or rockabilly, as well as traditional music from the Maritimes. He was born in Nova Scotia. Uh, I've already mentioned that. Um, <laughs> he became known as a blues artist in the 60s 
and into the 70s and onwards, he became a very popular act and toured, and toured the country regularly, performing at the legendary Albert Hall in Toronto and the Rising Sun in Montreal. Hmm. <laughs> Turn the page. Yeah. Uh, Wish Me Luck was his fifth studio album, released in 1979. I could not find any info on a producer, so I can only assume that it was him. Yeah, it was produced by Dutch Mason. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the track listing on this album, uh, Side A, It's Your Thing, Ain't Nobody's Business, Dust My Broom, Going Down. Side B, Going to Chicago, Poke Salad Annie, Barefootin', Going Down Slow. Runtime on this album, 31 minutes, 45 seconds. Mm-hmm. Now, a rough rate length for an album like this. even though this album was mostly covers... I, covers? I, I would say all covers, yeah. I don't think any of them are his songs. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I thought it was fun and energetic, and he has such There's, a big voice. He does have a big, booming vo- voice. And I was... It, it is energetic, I'll, I'll agree. And that's and that's funny that you mentioned that, because that's one of the things that I usually... Because there's been a ton of blues albums in here, yeah. we've talked about them, and they're mostly just like... Yeah, I like blues a lot. Like, in fact... Like a lot of the metal I listen to is based on blues, and I would love to go see some of these shows. But generally on vinyl, I find a lot of it doesn't work because of the energy. Actually, a good point is energy. Yeah. And uh, there's two things this album has going for, or three things. It's besides musicianship. Oh yes. It's yeah. got energy, and it's the sound reproduction. Holy fucking shit. Any sax? I don't remember. There was sax. I'm pretty oh, was sure. There? Okay. Let me take a look here. No, no, it wasn't sax. It's trumpet and trombone. That's another thing it has going for it. No saxophone. No sax. Yeah. No, it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of the days that we used to go listen to my dad play the jazz clubs in uh, Windsor. Well, yeah, and this is definitely like a combination of like Chicago blues and Southern blues. Yeah. It's a little bit of everything, both of those, both of those on there. Yeah, um, it, it definitely it, it surprised us. We, we turned it on because we listened to it the first time and we were like, ah, I think we were just, I don't know if we were just not in the mood or whatever we're just kind of like meh but we turned it on this time and it just yeah i don't know what the difference was but like i said the sound and the energy and the fact that it's 31 minutes so it's not overstaying it's welcome it's not like exactly yeah. 45 minutes long or anything yeah. but no they kind of pound it out it's not slow none of it and even even the slow song at the end there going going down slow still isn't super slow like it's the energy thing i i think that's a huge point to make with this album is yeah. that <clears throat> They all have a huge amount of energy. And once again, the musicianship, the bass player is fucking killer. Yeah. I really like his work. Yeah, but the whatever. band itself was very, uh, very good. And like I said, his energy and his big voice really made this, for me, mm-hmm. an enjoyable listen. Yeah. Which I need to feel my forehead because yeah, generally I'm like pooping all over yeah, the, albums the, like this. When we see the blues, some of the blues albums, it's just like, oh no. I'm not saying like we hated, like hated Money Waters or anything we've covered. No, no, no. It's no. just. There's lots of other nonsense blues shit we've covered, Canadian blues stuff we've yeah. covered, and it's just... But no, this was... And not not just Canadian, but I mean, just, even popular blues musicians. Yeah, good point, um, yeah. That we haven't really... Because it, it, there was just something missing. It was boring. Boring. This it, was not boring. This was fun. It was fun, and I, I said I can't... I can't 
the sound enough. I can't yeah. stress that enough. How how good the sound was in this album. I don't yeah, very know full which and robust and yeah. It sounded like you were in like not the they didn't record it in the hall. It was recorded in oh shit some place in Montreal. But it, it sound you get that sound like it, it sounds proper. It sounds like proper space and the instruments are all fully realized and. And there's depth to it, and he, like you said, his voice, man, he's just like that's his leading the leading the way for sure. Yeah, he definitely found his calling, and he he did a really bang up job of it. Um, the other thing I'll say too, and I'll talk about this cover real quick, is that I wish they had a better cover. Oh yeah, me too. Because he is not like a pretty looking dude. No. Nope. And he's got like shit dripping off his chin, and his lips are all juicy, and that's like a picture that you'd use for and a 70s porn mustache porn mustache totally creepy mustache <laughs> that is something you'd see in like have you seen this sexual predator <laughs> but uh dutch mason was not a sexual no no predator. no no that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying that photo is terrible that cover is terrible yes i totally agree with you and it doesn't do justice for what's uh, what's there so. yeah exactly so uh wish me luck dutch mason blues band which actually if you look for mine just on uh, Spotify, it's just Dutch Mason. All this, even this here, is just listed as Dutch Mason. So, uh, London Records, catalog PS-733, Canada 1979. This is an original pressing. And this one has, besides being CanCon, this one is actually uh, considered a half-speed master. There was the, there's a bunch of different variations in pressing. This one was a half-speed master, which maybe that's why it sounds sounds better, because, fuck, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it is. And interesting, two Canadian, two CanCon yeah. albums in the same episode. And, we, yeah, we've enjoyed both of them. And usually we enjoyed both of them, Usually yeah. it's the bane of our existence. Yeah. <laughs> um, or my out condition, the cover, once again, and this is even better than the last one, very good. There's only a tiny bit of wear at the very top there, but once again, nice, solid packaging. Edges are good. Fantastic. A sleeve, plain paper. There's no lyrics or anything like that, but come on, these most of these blues songs you probably know anyway. The vinyl, very good, like new. And the audio, once again, I've mentioned, excellent, full, rich sound. Uh, front cover photo by Doug Ball. Uh, back cover photo by Steve Almond. Um, and nothing about Doug. And Steve has one credit, which isn't this album, for somebody named Pauline Julien. Omond is his name. How is that? Omond? Omond. What did I say? Yeah. Almond. Almond. Yeah, sorry. Almond. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it for me. All right. So, there dis- was. Sorry, I just want to say, once again, in Canadian fashion, there was fuck all information about this out, al- like the album. Yeah, and like I said, a lot of the stuff I found on this band was. Canadian, Canadian bands? Canadianbands.com. Yeah. I also found out today there's CanadianEncyclopedia.com. Yeah, we're going to have to. For some of these kinds of CanCon uh, Canadian content, we're going to have to go and start using some of those places a bit more often yeah. than not because there's fuck all on it, on Wikipedia and uh, all music. Uh, Discogs, 17 for sale from $6.22. 228 people have it, 10 people want it. It gets 4.27 out of 5 with 15 people um, rating it. Resale value, $3.74. $10 mid condition and in mint condition $19.80. Oh wow. Which yeah. this pretty this, much Yeah, is. I would say that's definitely a 20 bucker right there. Yeah. I give this one a 3 out of 5. Yeah, I gave it a 3 out of 5 too, which okay. is yeah, I <laughs> I was quite surprised by it. Yep, me too. It's it's one of those ones. Uh, oh, I want to Would add... I listen to it again? I don't think so. <sighs> no. 
No, I'm totally with you on that one, but because there's no real need reason to, no. unless you're like a super fan of Dutch Mason. Yeah. Uh, no, there's no need to, but it was it was enjoyable. But it was an enjoyable experience. I just want to say going um, going down slow, which is the last song on here sounds so much like Led Zepp's "Since I've Been Loving You." Yes. It's fucking bonkers. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you could just do some small tweaks; it would be the same song. Yeah, I totally agree with you. <laughs> okay. Totally agree. Okay, would you? Uh, yeah, we both get three. Yeah, okay, three boom, touchdown. All right, and the third album. Seems like we're just whizzing through here today. Yeah, well, there isn't those Canadian ones. Usually, don't have a lot, and we can only gush so much about how much we like it and run into adjectives. And true, and um, <laughs> I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole with this one, so which is hilarious. It might take a little bit more. Mm, maybe. Well, it's, yeah. Wait till you hear what I have to say. <laughs> Gary Newman, Warriors. Uh, this is the second Gary Newman album that we have uh, reviewed the other one was telecon Telecon. and again which if this doesn't happen often um we've reviewed the order. order yeah yeah uh and that telecon was over three years ago was when it was put into discogs <laughs> so that shows you how long ago it was probably one of the original episodes yeah i think so yeah so gary newman is an, an english musician singer songwriter composer and record producer while his commercial popularity peaked in the late 70s and the early 80s, he maintains a cult following. He sold over 10 million records and is considered a pioneer of electronic music, <laughs> consisting of heavy synthesis hooks fed through guitar effects pedals. He is also known for his distinctive voice and androgynous android persona. Yeah. He is an interesting guy. Uh, there's just so much information about him that... I couldn't, uh, there's just, because like I said, I've already gone no, down no, there. And, and not only that, but we've probably covered a, quite a bit of the stuff already. Could the, be, yeah. A couple yeah. of years ago, so yeah. So Warriors was his fifth studio album released in 1983. It would be the last album that he recorded with Beggar's Banquet Records. Um, they wanted him to bring on a co-producer for this album. Um, he's always been the lone producer mm. on his stuff. Yeah, totally, yeah. And um, he didn't want to, but the record company sweetened the deal, promising him virtually unlimited promotional budget on the album if he did. <laughs> Unfortunately, the guy making the promises was fired, and when the new people came in, he was far from a, he said that he was far from a priority act. He felt like they'd cut him down at the knees, and it was his last time that he got excited about the promise in the music business. He later claimed that Warriors pointed the way to his artistic decline through yeah. the 80s. Um, I fucking I, I agree with that. Man. The co-producer that they ended up hiring was named Bill Nelson, um, and Newman held him in high esteem. But their relationship started to deteriorate once they started getting the album down, um, to the point that Newman would go out and play pool while Nelson worked away in the studio. Newman ultimately disliked Nelson's mix, and so he made his own changes to the album. Nelson asked not to be credited on the album, and later Newman conceded that Nelson did a lot of very inventive things on the album um, that was because of their differences, and he failed to fully appreciate them. Yeah, yeah, Newman was up his own ass. He was just so... It was so funny, because like, I, I read a bunch of that, and he talked about how... You know, and the more he tried to do do what he wanted to do, get further away from what what actually is yeah. that, that he wanted. Yeah. yeah, he said he ended up being just an arranger of sounds, of, of noise. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I love that because well, that's funny because it's, 
technically, I mean, he's part of the electronic genre, so that is that is correct. Yeah. And and this stuff is, is inspired whole genres of music where it is literally just rearranging noise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. kind of funny. But I agree with him about this being that it started the, the beginning of the end because... Mm. Well, and the interesting thing, too, is that he... Um... This album went to number 12 on the UK charts mm -hmm. and stayed there for six weeks. And it actually did better than the album that he released before this. Oh, really? I think eh? it was I Assassin. Which is, yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I, which is funny because yeah, it was good. It was good in the UK, but it flopped everywhere else. Yeah. Um, and I, just probably because he was Gary Newman. Europeans well, like and like I said, music. he's got this cult following yes. now. Yes, yeah, yeah, totally. So I'm oh. not sure if he's still making records. Oh, yeah, or, totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's totally into the, still into the whole, like, post-apocalyptic fucking look. Oh, oh, totally, yeah, he's in... Well, and this album was totally 80s. Like, it was the epitome of the 80s. And, and that's a little bit of the problem with it, too, is because, yes, I, I agree, but it's it sounds already so tired. Yeah, like he just he sounds like he so doesn't much really saxophone sax and, and just like it reminded me boring... of not Die Hard. What's the Mel Gibson one? Oh, really? You think it's reminded you of Lethal Weapon? It reminded me a lot of the music that they had in Lethal Weapon. <laughs> because the one guy who was there on was uh, one of the guys involved in this. Actually, the guy who played the sax, he was yes. the one who did the soundtrack for Blade Runner. Yes, 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 and, yes. And he stayed I with and he stayed that. with the band forever because Newman would be like. He would just like on the first take, he'd have it down right, it'd sound perfect. Yeah. He's just like, okay, new buddy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there was one single from this album, uh, Warriors. Yeah, Warriors. Oh, we haven't got, I haven't got that far yet. And oh, here okay. we are talking about the album. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Uh, track listing, Side A, Warriors, which is the single. It spent, uh, Title track. it went to number 20 on the UK charts. I Am Render, in, or The Iron Man, The Iron Man Comes? No, I Am Render. Yeah, I am Render. What's the next one? Oh, Iceman Comes. Oh, Iceman. Oh, yeah, my writing. The Iceman Comes, The Prison Moon, and My Centurion. Side two is Sister Surprise, TikTok Man, Love is Like Clock Law, The Rhythm of the Evening. The runtime on it is 4509. Yeah, that's a fucking problem. And, you yeah. know, You know you're getting bloated and nonsensical when you're having 45-minute albums with this shit yeah and by the time it was done it's just like oh are you oh, over yet so boring yeah i did not enjoy this album i will say though i like the second side uh there's there is absolutely nothing enjoyable about the first side of this album but the second side starts out with sister surprise it's and then it goes from there and i i don't mind the second side as much but god yeah that first side is junk yeah. it sounds like somebody's up there up their own ass it'd be interesting to know if any of the the uh even other the, guys even the mix stuck. on it even the mix on it sounded all shitty, yeah, muted, and um, for me, it didn't. It didn't remind me of Lethal Weapon. It reminded me of like B sides or cast offs from the soundtrack for Labyrinth. Just silly, weird, yeah, yeah, non silly nonsense of uh, like synth tracks. And... Yeah, and the dude that he ended up, Bill Nelson, the guy that he ended up uh, getting to co-produce it, um, he he said that Bill Nelson was his favorite guitar player ever. Yeah. <laughs> And like to see that that relationship oh, just so, deteriorated yeah, they to the point other. where, yeah, <laughs> it's a pretty sad story. But uh, so Warriors, Gary Newman, W E A uh, catalog or W E A Records catalog two four o two four one one Canada eighty three. This is an original, but it also is hole punched, and I understand why. Hmm. Condition the cover is good, very good. Other than the hole punch, there's a tiny bit of 
Which is not bad for a oh, black yeah. cover. That's for a black Im- cover, that's immaculate. Yeah, that's amazing to me, actually. Immaculate. No, no sign of... Oh, I was going to say no sign of the comet ring, but... Just tiny There the is top. just on the top, yeah. Yeah, and the spine is great and everything. So, uh, sleeve, it's good. Uh, original lyrics. It's original with lyrics. Uh, the vinyl is very good, like new. <clears throat> and the audio, we talked about it, is, is man. I said it's one of those 80s mixes, and it's the weakest of the three. In terms of its mix, and, well, honestly, just everything um photography by jeff house jeff a photog with 53 credits to his name has been on the show before with newman's telecon uh has also worked with the kinks captain beefheart and mungo jerry huh i haven't heard that band name for a while it's always been a while since we did that one so what do you be doing there discogs uh one for sale from 13 dollars. 147 people have it mm-hmm. five 56 people want it it gets rated 3.79 out of 5 with 14 people. Mm, I was yeah, not one of them. No, that's good nonsense. Uh, the resale value, $1.99, $8.42, and $13.50 in its best condition. Nice. So I you... gave it a 2 out of 5. <laughs> so did I. That's hilarious. Like I said, there's some, a little bit of stuff on the box. Sister, Sister Surprise, TikTok Man. Like, yeah, the first sign you can ignore just totally. It's just 80s cheese nonsense full, full of saxophone oh yeah it's just <laughs> almost like for no reason either didn't tune to a fucking gary newman album to hear saxophone no um okay best so of yeah three? best of three I'm, I'm gonna go with uh, garfield yeah me too uh, as much as dutch mason was surprised garfield was the best album yeah definitely so yeah wow that's, that was kind of kind of surprising so there you go definitely 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 so there you go. Uh, that's the end of the episode. Thanks for listening. Um, feel free at any time to drop us a line in any of the places that we've described. <laughs> and uh, We'd love to hear from you, really. Yeah, and uh, we're on, on all the... We're getting desperate and pleading po- now. Podcast, uh, podcast, podcast places. Spotify, Apple, Google. Oh, yeah, there's on the uh, Twitter account. Oh, you have a link to it. Yeah, there's a... It's pinned. All the places that you can find it. Okay. But... There's still other places that aren't listed there, so look for it on your favorite platform. Okay. There you go. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Bye. Oh, thank you.